Hi, everyone. Before we start today's episode, we'd like to encourage you to check out our Patreon page. For just $5 a month, you will have access to exclusive bonus podcasts and videos and help support Yoga Chit Chat in generating future episodes. The first bonus episode is the philosophy of the matrix and how it relates to Advaita Vedanta. And for $10 a month, you'll have access to all of the bonus content plus our online book club. To start, we'll be chit-chatting about the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. If you want to join us, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash yoga chit chat. Welcome to Yoga Chit Chat. I'm Phoebe Schiff, yoga teacher, journaler, and student of energy. And I'm Karak Morinaga, Hatha yoga teacher, hot flow yoga teacher, and certified Anusara yoga teacher. Every week, we meet virtually for an informal discussion on a common yoga philosophy, principle, or theme. Today's topic is Anusara, and we can translate the word Anusara as flow with grace. As an Anusara teacher, I get asked the question all the time, what is Anusara? And that's the question we're attempting to answer today, and we can answer it in so many different ways. At the highest level, Anusara is a school of Hatha Yoga, or it's a style of Hatha Yoga. It is a style of yoga that is distinct from other styles of yoga in a couple of different ways. Anusara Yoga shares many things in common with other styles of yoga. I think what makes it unique is the combination of three main aspects combined into one system, and that's what makes it unique. So we'll share some of the components with other styles of yoga, and then it's the combination of all of the components that really make Anusara unique. Yeah, Anusara is the style that both Carrick and I teach, and it is, it isn't widely known. Um, some people in the yoga community have heard of it. So I'm really excited to have the opportunity to explain all that makes up an Anusara class because a lot of times when um, when you or I have students who take an Anusara class for the first time, often afterwards they say, you know, what was that? What What was different? And there are quite a few different things that distinguish an Anusara class from different styles. So Kirk, do you want to start off and share a couple of the components that distinguish Anusara from other styles? Yes, and I'll, I'll start by taking us back just a little bit with just a tiny bit of history of Anusara. Anusara Yoga was founded in 1997 by John Friend. John Friend was an Iyengar teacher for many years before founding Anusara Yoga the school and the system. So he was trained and teaching Iyengar yoga, a very classical form of yoga. And that style of yoga had a very deep connection to alignment in each yoga pose. Classical yoga with a, a very deep focus on alignment. And at some point, as John was teaching, he figured out that his teaching was no longer aligning with Mr. Iyengar. He was teaching something different. He was 
teaching the alignment a little bit different and his own philosophy had started to diverge from the classical philosophy of Iyengar. This set things in motion to separate Anusara from Iyengar yoga, and, and they are very different in many ways. So the first, the first thing I guess we can talk about is the philosophy. Iyengar was a classical yoga philosophy, which is dualistic. And we talk about this a lot in the previous podcasts. We talk about classical philosophy. We talk about Tantra and non-dual philosophy. But just to try to keep it short, the dualistic philosophy, there are two broad categories. There's Purusha and Prakriti, or spirit and matter. And the two are very separate. And you're trying to sort of get from one to the other. You're kind of trying to remove yourself from the physical world to somehow be more spiritual. In the non-dual philosophy, which is what Anusara is based in, is non-dual. And the practice is to be in this world and simultaneously be spiritual. For everything is spirit. Everything is from this one source. There's not this division between spirit and matter. It's all spirit. So everything that we do can be an act of spirit. Everything that we do has the potential to be spiritual. And this really colors the Anusara practice. It's a very positive practice. It's a very celebrational practice. In Anusara, we celebrate the body. We enjoy the body. We are expressing spirit through the body. And that's how, hopefully, how an Anusara class feels and how an Anusara class is expressed uh, by both students and teachers. So that's like the first big component of Anusara yoga is the non-dual tantric philosophy. Yeah, and the way that, that this approach to the philosophy sort of manifests in the actual classes is that Anusara teachers aren't trying to make their students more spiritual. They're not trying to like enlighten them. They are really just doing their best to hold the space for students to reveal the divine within themselves. So there's not this there's not this practice of like fixing students because they're broken. It's more holding up a mirror to their own divinity. And what I mean by that in really simple terms is just saying, hey, so-and-so, you know, that looks great. Um, adjust your feet a little bit here, stretch your arms a little bit higher and expand. And so the way that the non-dual philosophy sort of makes its way into the classroom is one of my favorite parts of it. And it makes every aspect of the practice important, especially the parts when you fall out or the parts where you feel, feel really scared by a pose. That's not you doing anything wrong. It's just you revealing an aspect of yourself that's no less spiritual than you doing a pose perfectly. It really, in many ways, comes down to intention. So the intention of the teacher is not to 
like you were saying, Phoebe, the intention is not to fix. Uh, the intention is to enhance what's already there, to help a student express their innermost being, to hold up that mirror and help students to look inside and, and see that beauty and grandeur and spirit and light and joy and fullness that's already inside of us. And yoga is this practice of connecting, reconnecting, remembering even our divine nature and then expressing that through our practices and our lives. And, uh, and that's really the intention of Anusara Yoga. Right. It's to, to do what the name says and to flow with grace. And the way that I interpret the term flow with grace is to, is to really consent to the whole spectrum of what comes up in a class, even if it's not your best quote unquote practice. It's to really be open and willing to whatever shows up. And if the word grace doesn't resonate with you, I also like to think of grace as as like the way or the flow in in Taoism, you know, they talk about the Tao and the Tao is like the sort of natural way of life. And I think of grace as being something quite similar. And so by aligning yourself with the way or grace, you open yourself up to experience the whole spectrum of, of yoga and of life. And that's something that's different from other practices. So that's the first component of Anusara Yoga is the philosophy. And again, Tantric philosophy is not unique to Anusara Yoga. There are other styles of yoga that align with Tantric philosophy and follow and practice non-dual practices. Off the top of my head, Kundalini Yoga is the one that comes to mind most readily in the Kundalini practice. As far as I know, what, what I know about Kundalini is that it is based in a tantric philosophy or a tantric tradition. Then as we go to the next component of Anusara Yoga, that's where, say, Kundalini and Anusara diverge. So the next component that we'll focus on in Anusara Yoga is the alignment. We have five universal principles of alignment that we use as tools to align the body, to explore the body, to express in the body. And these alignment principles are specific to Anusara Yoga. You're not going to find them in Kundalini Yoga. You're not going to find them really in, in any other style of yoga, these specific principles. Now, that's not to say that other styles of yoga don't focus on alignment. For example, Iyengar Yoga Remember, John Friend, the founder of Anusara, was an Iyengar teacher. So much of the alignment is informed by Iyengar, and much of the Anusara alignment is similar to the Iyengar alignment. However, as John developed the system of the universal principles of alignment, he found that many of the principles were moving away from the way that Mr. Iyengar taught yoga. And so it was time to call it something different and really acknowledge and honor what Mr. Iyengar was teaching and 
uh, and not confuse the two systems of yoga. So there are five universal principles of alignment. I'll just rattle them off without going too deep into them, but they are set the foundation and open to grace, muscular energy, expanding spiral, contracting spiral, and organic energy. And it's a very simple set of five principles. Again, we won't do it today on this podcast, but I could teach you the five principles of alignment in, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes tops. You could write them down and I could teach them to you. I could also teach you, this is the analogy I like to use. I could also teach you how to play chess in about 20 minutes. I could teach you all the moves and show you what, what all of the pieces need to do but then to really become good at playing chess, really to improve and become uh, proficient in yoga, both of those things, chess and yoga, will take a lifetime to master. So we can learn the very simple principles, we can learn the rules of chess in a few moments, but it's going to take maybe the rest of our lives to really understand and know and be able to uh, intelligently, consciously use these tools. Yeah, the five principles are a lifelong game that Anusara teachers and students get to play. You know, my journey with the principles is that it takes time to understand them and that I will have a sort of light bulb revelation with them over time. But, you know, you, you just listed them and like intellectually I can, I understand them to a certain degree, but then understanding them in other ways, like in my body and um, from a more metaphysical perspective, those lessons continue to unfold. And what's really fun is that I have, I actually just had a student recently and I've been teaching her for years. And she said, you know, I get the spirals now. Like they just clicked for me. And she's been practicing Anusara yoga for years, probably three, four or five years. That's the, the fun part about them is that they continue to unlock. And I have the experience of teaching them. And sometimes when I'm teaching, I'll figure things out about them while I'm delivering the directions and watching students follow the directions. And then I also experience it in my own practice. We won't get too deep into this today because this could, this could be a whole other tangent, but I think that these principles are also a really amazing process for really doing anything in life you know, starting with setting your foundation and opening to grace, ending with opening up to something bigger than you. There's a lot of different applications for the principles. So again, there are other styles of yoga that have a deep focus on alignment. That is not unique to Anusara. The principles, and, and we just talked about the five principles of alignment. There are some loops and spirals and some other alignment points that we'll talk about that are maybe unique to Anusara and slightly different from other systems. We're oversimplifying it quite a bit with the universal principles. There's, 
there, there's a lot to the Anusara practice, but it is very elegant. And when you really get into it, it it's simple yet sophisticated. And it's something that I really love about this practice. And you called it a lifelong gain, Phoebe, and I, I like that a lot. I'm still learning. I've been doing yoga for almost 20 years now, and I'm still figuring out inner and outer spiral in certain poses, and I'm still figuring out how to align my body in an optimal way in, in other poses. And it gets better all the time, but it's this never-ending lifelong challenge or game. You might be able to find a system or two of yoga that have tantric philosophy and a focus on alignment. And then, then the, I think the third big component is what sets Anusara apart. Again, when you combine the three components. So the third component is a focus on community. And this is very important for Anusara. It is about connection between students and teachers and between students and students. There is a focus on doing things like partnering and spotting and connecting on more than just being in the same room. Anusara students are encouraged to ask questions. They're encouraged to engage with each other, sometimes in the middle of class. So I have classes personally that I teach where I teach a couple of times a week in a practice style class where I actually practice with the students, which is not really a hallmark of Anusara classes. In most Anusara classes, the teacher will walk the room and not do the poses with the students. The teacher is trained to watch and look at students and, and move around the room and help them. And so there's not as much of that, you don't always see the teacher do poses. Like a lot of my students, they, they don't believe that I do yoga because they've never seen me do a yoga pose because I don't do the class with them. However, a couple times a week, I teach a practice style class, which is a more advanced class. And I practice with the students. And in that class, it's very casual. Students are encouraged to engage with one another, to chit chat and ask questions. They sometimes help each other in poses. We do a lot of partnering and spotting. And it's, it really feels like just a bunch of friends coming to practice together more than even a class. And it ends up being a handful of teachers. Sometimes in that class, there are more teachers than students who are not teachers practicing together. And that, to me, really has a very Anusara feel in terms of community. And then in a more traditional Anusara class, which is the bulk of my classes, I'm, I'm not practicing with the students and I'm walking the room and watching students and I'm looking for students who might need my help or who I can help enhance their practice. I can give them an outside perspective and teach them something that will help them to be at their best and just feel their best. And I'm constantly interacting with students. So I'll, I like to know my students by name. I try to, I'm not perfect at it, but I try to know my students by name. I'll use their names in class, asking them to move or try a pose in a slightly different way. 
hopefully to help them feel better. And they're encouraged to ask questions and let me know if, if they're in pain or if they need help or what feels good. And it's not a class where students have to somehow be quiet all the time because they're, they're not allowed to speak. You're, you're certainly allowed in my class to interact with, with me and with the class. And it's a big part of the practice. It's a celebration of life. It's a celebration of spirit. So I'm no more spiritual than any of my students. And as we interact with each other, it's just spirit interacting and, and celebrating. And that's why it's such an important part of Anusara Yoga community. The Sanskrit word for community is kula, spelled K-U-L-A, and it translates into intentional community or community of the heart. It's it's definitely a contrast. I've I've certainly attended other yoga classes, not to say that they're bad or wrong, they're just different, where you really have the experience of coming in, doing your practice, walking out, and not not really connecting with anyone and it, it just kind of being like a workout with other people around you, but without any community component. And this is what's really interesting about Anusara is that there's so many amazing lessons to be learned about community, especially when it comes to partner poses, when a partner is spotting you in an arm balance, often I mean, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that just knowing that the partner is there is sometimes the most grounding thing that you need in a pose, um, aside from whatever physical adjustments they're actually giving you. And it's such a, an empowering message to realize in life, you know, we don't always need people to like physically hold us to help us reach our goals. Sometimes we just need someone there very present with us who's holding the vision of reaching the pose or reaching the goal. And also I think that as a, a sort of byproduct of the way that Anusara is taught classes often become very community oriented and there's like a, a sort of core group of people that often come and connect and it's really really cool to watch i take a lot of pleasure in teaching anusara classes at companies because i will introduce the community element in a corporate setting where even though people have been working in cubicles near each other they haven't ever talked before and so watching that unfold is is really lovely and um, is one of my favorite aspects of Anusara. So these three components will color an Anusara class when going to an Anusara class some of the things that are common and might feel different from other yoga classes say a flow class or a class in another system of yoga. Anusara yoga will generally include a theme. Anusara yoga teachers are trained to have a theme in each class. The theme will be an uplifting theme that is connected to tantric philosophy in some way. The theme will be woven throughout the class. And the intention is for students to experience and feel the theme in their bodies. So if a theme is something like stability leads to freedom, 
the instructions might include ways to make your body more stable so that you can stretch more and open more and be more free in your body. You would get multiple instructions throughout the class to help you experience stability leading to freedom throughout the class. So there's usually a theme. And then Anusara classes will tend to be a little bit slower than, well, maybe a lot slower than other styles of yoga. In order to align the body and do these principles of alignment, it will slow down the class. You'll be in a pose for 30 seconds, 60 seconds, maybe up to two minutes at a time, longer in a pose like, say, pigeon prep. And this is so that we can take our time to align the body. If you're only flowing through a practice with one breath per movement, there's just not, a, there's just not the same amount of time to pause and deeply align the body. There's nothing wrong with flowing, and we do flow in an Anusara class. As you mentioned, the name even means flow with grace. So we will flow. We'll do sun salutations, and we'll move from pose to pose. But in general, an Anusara class is going to be slower. We'll pause in poses and take moments to deeply align the body and help students feel good, help students enhance their pose to make it the best possible pose on the mat at that time. And then the last thing is that focus on community. We sort of mentioned it'll, it'll manifest as things like partner poses and spotting each other, helping each other. Uh, it will also manifest as demonstrations in the class. So a student might be asked to demo a pose and the other students can then learn from that demonstration. That's part of the community aspect. And you may not see demonstrations or partnering in a lot of styles of yoga uh, today. Uh, it is one of the hallmarks of Amsar. So, Karek, do you want to share what led you to your first Anusara class and why you're an Anusara teacher? Sure. I've been doing yoga for about a year before I stepped into my first Anusara yoga class. I didn't know it was an Anusara yoga class. I, I just, it was just fit my schedule that day. And the day before I had read in yoga journal, an article on Anusara yoga, and it, it was talking about the loops and spirals and this deep alignment. And about 20 minutes into the class that I was in, we were moving the body and holding poses a little bit longer and it was slowing me down. And I realized that I was doing Anusara yoga. And after the class, I approached the teacher. Her name, her name at the time was Lindsay Gold. I, I don't know if she goes by that same name today. But I approached her afterwards and I said, this is an Anusara yoga class, isn't it? And she said, yes, Karak, it is. And I just knew from that first class that this was what I wanted to keep practicing. I didn't know I was going to be a teacher back then. Uh, I just knew I needed more. And so I, I would take Lin, Lindy, Lindy, Lindy's class every chance that I, I could. Yeah, and then at some point, I, I really liked the, the system so much and how it, it unlocked poses for me. I could do things that I couldn't do before because I had figured out the alignment and I wanted to pass that on to 
uh, other students at some point. So I, I chose to become a teacher much, much later. It, it, I've been practicing for five or six years before I became a teacher. I didn't know that it was when I first took your class and, and your class was my first Anusara class. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that it felt different. Um, I'd been practicing styles without yoga philosophy for probably about five or six years. I'm trying to remember. I, I don't remember when I realized that your classes were Anusara classes, but it, it was just different. It felt a lot more sort of multi-dimensional where maybe um, some of the other styles were feeling like exclusively a workout and yeah it suddenly sort of became the only thing that I wanted to practice and then when I sort of realized that I wanted to be a teacher I, I wanted to be able to offer that same multi-dimensional experience to people that I'd had in in your classes so it feels like it found me at just the right time. The last thing I wanted to mention is that, well, we talked a lot about what Anasara is, and I think that's natural to start there. I wanted to talk a little, about, a little bit about what Anasara is not, at least to me. I think a lot of students and teachers outside of the Anusara system have some ideas about Anusara, and I'm not sure where exactly they come from, but there are a few misconceptions about Anusara that I want to just quickly address. I think the biggest one is that many students and teachers think that Anusara is somehow a cookie cutter practice that it is a one-size-fits-all yoga. And I kind of get where they could get that impression because we call the alignment the universal principles of alignment. And when we say that, we're just saying that all of these principles apply to all people and they apply to all yoga poses. That's what we mean by universal. It doesn't mean that everyone has the same alignment. So your triangle, Phoebe, has a different alignment than my triangle. We both need to apply the universal principles of alignment in triangle, but we probably need them in different amounts, and we probably work with them in different ways. For example, my triangle pose probably needs more organic energy than your triangle pose needs. And I just know this because I know the two of us, right? Your practice tends to be more open and flexible and what we call organic. And my practice tends to be more muscular and uh, more rigid even. And I need more of one energy and you need more of another energy. We both need the, a mix of the energies, but it's not a cookie cutter practice where we're we're both trying to do exactly the same thing. We have to learn and apply the universal principles of alignment in very different ways. It's just like if we played chess, uh, we would both play a very different game of chess. We could probably not play the exact same game. So that's one of the things that I wanted to mention. The other thing is that Anusar teachers, I think, sometimes 
there's this perception outside of Anasara that Anasara teachers are all the same, that they are all saying the same thing or teaching the same thing, or somehow, again, being cookie cutter teachers, that they all are the same, which is so untrue. Uh, if you take your class versus taking my class, you will see that there's a very different perspective. We both have very different personalities that we put into our classes. So as much as we're both following the Anusara system and we're adhering to things like the philosophy and the principles of alignment and we're trying to create community, we both do that in very different ways. There's not an Anusara police that's making sure that we say certain things in a certain way. We get to express this beautiful system of yoga and teach and pass on what we know to our students and we get to really make it our own. And Anusara provides a structure, but within that structure, there's so much freedom to be our own teachers and for students to be their own students. There's so much room to explore and play and engage in community. It often frustrates me when people think that, oh, Anusara, that's, that's the cookie cutter yoga, isn't it? And I'm like, where are you getting that from? Like, how, where is that coming from? And, and I sort of understand, like I can see how it could be misperceived that way. I just wanted to put that out there that Anusara is not cookie cutter yoga as students or teachers. You know what I was thinking of when you were explaining how we're all working with the same as Anusara teachers, we're working with the same tools, but we're using them in different ways. It makes me think of those, I can't think of one specifically, but like those competitive cooking shows where people will be given, like a bunch of different chefs will be given the same ingredients and then the competition will be, okay, make something with these ingredients. And everyone makes something completely different, even though they've been given the exact same ingredients. And that's kind of how I think of how our teaching is different from other Anusara's teaching is different from other Anusara teachers. And so, yeah, we're all working with the same ingredients, but we're all combining them to make these different recipes of classes and experiences for students to have. And that's, for me, a really fun work to work from. I never feel like I've run out of ways of combining the ingredients of Anusara, which is, which is really fun. The possibilities are infinite. It's really just boundaries. It's not a limitation. And I love the baking or cooking example. That That's exactly it. I'm not even going to say anything more about it because that's a perfect example. We would love to hear from you about your thoughts and perspectives on Anusara. Um, if you have more questions about it, we are always open and willing to receive them. Um, you can send us a message over Instagram. Our handle is at yoga.chit.chat. Um, our website is www.yogachitchat.com. And our Patreon page, which has some new bonus content and two different tiers um, that you can take a look at, like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode. And that's up at www.patreon.com slash yogachitchat. If you are interested in learning more about Anusara Yoga, you can visit their website. It's anusarayoga.com, A-N-U-S-A-R-A-Y-O-G-A.com.
Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. See you next time.